one. Ooh, yeah. Fill me up and call me a taco. Welcome back, everyone, to the Musings of Men podcast. This is Eric. I'm here with my compadre, Andy. What up? Not too much. What's going on, Eric? Not too much over here. Um, we are in quarantine. Technically, yeah. Yeah, so we're doing this over Zoom today, which is a new thing for us. But um, Andy, do you care to explain? What- yeah, so this is, if I'm being completely honest, this is due to me. Um, <laughs> at work, someone tested positive for COVID and turns out like they infected everyone. I haven't gotten tested yet, so I have yet to know if I'm actually positive for COVID or not, but we don't want to take any risks and we're just playing it safe. Right on, man. Right on. Yeah. And this is how it's going to be during college, too. During, yeah, during college. Yeah, because I'm going to school in South Carolina, so. Yeah, so it's going to be a little, 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 not a, not daily commute. No. (laughs) Yeah, no, that'd be, that'd be tough. Um, But, yeah, so, anyway, um, what you been up to, man? Um. I've just been, well, okay. I've been, I've been good though. I've been really good. I ate way too much barbecue this morning. I earlier, like just a few minutes ago, I had, so I had this barbecue left over for my brother's birthday party, which was like two days ago. And I had these, I don't know. I used to, cause I used to be able to eat so much and like not even feel it, but yeah, I had yeah. these two, like probably, I mean, probably a good like four and a half, five inch high sandwiches with oh wow. with barbecue. Oh my god, dude! And it's like, like I got a plate. Oh my god, dude! I I damn near killed myself because after I ate that, and first of all, I mean, I really should have thrown in some fruit and vegetables in there to counterbalance it out because there's nothing healthy about what I ate for lunch today. But I tell you what, man, it was uh, it was an experience stomach is getting back but yeah besides that though um really really nothing man i mean it's been good oh i committed to uh coastal carolina university for this fall so that's exciting yeah i'm stoked about it i'm really stoked that'll be that'll be good yeah marine biology is the major so sweet i'm stoked but yeah that's um that's what's new with me. What's up with you, man? What's new? Not a whole lot besides uh, possibly getting COVID. I mean, yeah, nothing. Nothing's really no. new. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I. Yeah, I mean, I've tried to get tested twice and I've overslept. And oh, dude, that's yeah, kind of on you. It, it it sucks. I mean, I'm really angry at myself but it is what it is yeah. tomorrow i'm gonna get up at like six and then leave at seven when the uh-huh. place opens at eight because i don't want to take any chances for sure because you you have to have a, a negative test to go into work right yep okay so that, yeah the thing with the test though um because my mom's a she's the lead pharmacist at uva and apparently it can take up to four or five days 
for you to have enough of the virus in you since you were exposed to actually test positive. So it can be a little bit, I mean, two to 14 days until you're symptomatic or even if you're asymptomatic, like it could be a problem, but it takes a while for the virus to build inside of you to show enough on the test. So a thing that hopefully it'll be fine, man. Like, yeah, no, I think I think it will be. I don't think I'll. Uh, hopefully, I won't die from this. But you know, yeah. I mean, and your dad too, because he's at risk. Uh, yeah, yeah, he he possibly is at risk, but he has been out and about, and he's been fine. So I don't I, think I don't think anyone's at, I, at in danger. For as long as as long as you guys are gonna be good, then that's that's all that matters. I'll yeah. But, um, yeah, I want to put COVID 19 on my headstone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, too early. But, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I think we've just been kind of chilling. Yeah, not, not a whole lot is going on. Yeah, man. We had an interesting topic for this week, actually. You came up with it. What's the, uh, yep. spill the beans? So, for all you history buffs listening to all eight people that finished this thing, beginning to end um our topic today is the idea of what would happen if the access powers won during world war ii and how this would ultimately affect the the outcome of the war and how it would affect on a global scale and how the world would be different today compared to yeah kind of an alternate uh you know scenario of what would happen if the nazis you know broke through dunkirk and were able to take england and whatnot yeah i'm actually i had a lot of fun preparing for this because i have um i'm a history buff and you're a history buff so it was just naturally really fun to do the research my notes section for this pod is like a mile long But interestingly enough, I found that as far as the Japanese side of things goes, there really wasn't a lot of, um, like, they they had a very small chance, almost no chance of winning, even if they won midway, which we'll get into. But um, let's start with Germany. So um, we'll start in Germany. And then we'll kind of run through that. Andy. Run through Germany, so, Italy, uh, Japan. You go and, first, because I know you're excited so, about it. You know, I'm, I'm really, 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 really excited about this. Um, so I think with, with Germany as a whole, um, their ultimate goal was world domination and to have complete control over... Keep going. And... I have a firm belief that while very unlikely it would have happened, I I see that on a smaller scale, if you could really call it that, it could be achievable if the Nazis stayed in Europe. Yeah, and, I feel like if they had a buffer, kind of if they insulated their borders around Europe, then they pretty much could have been impenetrable. Oh, for sure. I, I firmly believe that if, you know, when the Nazis in 
early on in the war, their Luftwaffe, you know, was bombarding the English coastline and their attempt at storming England, you know, if that was successful, I do believe they could have taken over England and slowly but surely taken over all of Europe. And whether or not Italy and, you know, that, I guess, alliance would have sufficed or how it would have been divided up. I mean, I, I would like to believe that with Mussolini and Hitler somewhat sharing the same ideals, not obviously not on like a totally radical scale, but they having, you know, it's kind of seen eye to eye about how government should be run and, you know, with dictatorship and whatnot, how they would split up the spoils after the war. Although the interesting about that, the interesting thing about that is that Hitler actually, Hitler and Mussolini didn't get along very well because Hitler thought that um, he actually, I'll get into this a little bit in my alternate universe, but it, he had kind of a class system of Europeans and the Mediterranean, like Southern Europeans, they're more, you know, bronze and Hitler thought more lazy. Yeah. Apparently they were on like the second to lowest part of the totem pole and yeah. they, and he didn't like Mussolini because he thought that Mussolini would, um, you know, they just didn't have the same ideas and stuff. And so it was kind of hard for um, Hitler. Aside to, from how their government should be run, there yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. Really that much. It, Mussolini was very weak-minded. He had a very loose grasp on Italy as a whole. And, you know, yeah. even when they switched sides partway through the war, I mean, yeah, it, it was pretty obvious that Italy was a weak link. And yeah. yeah, they didn't have much of a military force at all. They weren't built for war. No, they were, they, you know, had campaign campaigns in Egypt and Northern Africa. And that's really the only notable besides contributing troops to the front. There wasn't really much that Italy did that really contributed to domination in the Nazis. eyes. Yeah, but they did have a lot of, um, they had a lot of resources and stuff that the Nazis found useful, which is kind of why they, Hitler, I believe in this scenario, why Hitler would more tolerate Italy and the other countries, you know, because he could use them as kind of a breadbasket for his empire. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was very much like that. And I, and, you know, I, I always hear, you know, debate and I've always seen online about like, you know, would Hitler really put up with, you know, how the Japanese and, you know, the Italians, how they weren't really seen as this pure Aryan race and how, how Hitler would have gone about dealing with that. So I mean, what, do you, what do you think about that? Because, so Hitler, actually, he considered the Japanese to be honorary Aryans, believe it or not. Because really? he found, because he found their goals to be kind of in the same realm. He wanted to be buddies with them, but at the same time, he knew that at some point they would have to clash. But the thing is, it was it was kind of interesting because Hitler, you know, he that he thought of them as honorary Aryans. They were actually on the same level as Western Europeans, which are second on the totem pole to Aryans. So it goes yeah. Aryan. Western Europeans, 
um, Mediterranean, and then another one, which is basically like people who should not exist, like Slavs and Russians, Jews and all that, and Jews. And I'll get into it in my kind of rant, but there's a lot of um, Hitler kind of saw it as Germany against the world, you know? Oh, for sure. And he, as long as he could secure Europe, he could. You know, he could keep that going and then expand upon there, I feel. Oh, for sure. I have a firm belief that he was trying to reestablish and even, you know, further expand what the German Empire was pre-World War One. Right. And, you know, obviously, you know, pre-Empire German, pre-World War One Germany was the whole reason all this happened. And... I, I do think that Hitler's ideas were to kind of bring back the ways of old and reestablish this, you know, strong, united front against. Well, see, he also, his, his, the main goal of the Third Reich and of the Nazis was to establish um, a pure Aryan state across Europe. So actually what his plan would entail is that they would go into these other countries after they'd taken them over, they would enact policies which would, you know, kind of degrade everybody else's rights and everything. And then they would have starvation. There would be a famine. They would kill like 50 million people. And then he would basically wipe out all the natives of that land, like say of Poland or of um, Yugoslavia. He would wipe out all those people and then he would move in Aryans. Yep. essentially to repopulate and that's how he would do it he was actually a big fan believe it or not of the american conquest of of the west and how like they kicked the natives out and they yep. kind of just took it over he was a big fan of that and that's what well, he, no, he manifest destiny he even came to america before he rose to power back in the 20s oh. he really? actually came to virginia no way supposedly um do you know why well, so, believe it or not, he found out about, you know, before there was sanctioned, um, you know, rules and laws about how patients should be treated. But, you know, obviously with American asylums and asylums in general in the Victorian and, you know, Edward, you know, the Victorian era and kind of a little bit after that was these insane asylums treated patients like animals. Oh, yeah. And they, you know, you know, lobotomy and castration were all very, very common. And, you know, it was very much the idea of, you know, it, it kind of portrayed how Hitler wanted to enact the extinction of the Jewish people. Right. You know, and along with the Jewish people, the extinction of them, he thought that the Slavic people and Slavs were below, you know, kind of below everyone. And he wanted to eliminate them. He actually, he would want to turn them into slaves um, to fuel the giant, as kind of a mass labor force to fuel the war machine. And, you know, for Hitler, there is always a war to fight. That was his main prerogative, is that there is always going to be a war to fight. And that's basically we're going to have to take over everything we're going to have to be fighting because if you don't have, you know, if you have this giant war machine, but no one to fight, then it's kind of pointless to have it. What's the point of all of it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, so continue on that year. Yeah, but so he essentially, yeah, he came to America for a brief time and took inspiration from these asylums and, you know, even our own history about, obviously, like you said, with the conquest of the West and how our treatment of the natives was, again, aligned, his views were aligned with that sort of thing. Yeah. And he, he also took note of, you know, while he was here, of how German-Americans were being treated in America. And he actually attempted to use that as a propaganda piece to bring back German-Americans hmm. back to Germany for the war effort. And there was like a massive, you know, broadcast about how, you know, the fatherland needs you and you need to come home and, you know, fight for your country or your wow. the old country, essentially. And, he was the only country to actually do that. And he he got about, I believe, 10 to 15% of all German-Americans and German immigrants to come back to Germany. And they were active military personnel. Wow. Supposedly. I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but that's what I was heard being thrown out. Wow. That's it's a pretty big number considering that there were millions of Germans that immigrated to the U.S. And then, you know, so yeah. 10 to 15%. It seems like a small number, but when you compare that to the millions of immigrants, it's like, okay, you got like a small, small army. Right on. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely, that's something that's interesting though. Cause I mean, if you're, I don't know, if, if I was Hitler and I would want to get people to come back to the fatherland, you know, I would definitely try to use that as an example to get what I want. But all right, so, what do you think about what 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 do you think are the insecurities of Hitler? Well, I definitely think what he preached was hypocritical, considering that one, he was an Aryan. Two, he wasn't even German; he was Austrian, which has Slavic. Not granted, not a lot, but there's a lot of Slavic influence, or was at the time, and. He, yeah, I mean, he's very hypocritical, and I think ultimately he just wanted to, you know, he was angry at the world, considering that he was denied everything in life, and he wanted to ascend power. Essentially, he was the quiet kid that gained a lot of power. Oh, so he's like the school shooter. Basically. Of, (laughs) of dictators he's the guy that you know was denied he was denied at art school people make jokes about it but it was true he wanted to be an artist and he was a very poor artist for a time Mm. that's ultimately what he wanted to do and then he was denied art school and then he joined the army and then obviously the rest is history but i do believe that he felt a sort of entitlement to bring back germany to its potential power because he was a soldier in world war one wasn't he yeah he no he was he was a yeah he he actually won a field medal i don't remember exactly what it was but the commanding officer that gave it to him was jewish oh damn so you want to talk about irony and yeah whatnot i mean what what did he i mean do you know i just 
I've had this question. Do you know why he targeted Jews? Um, like why them? Why not? Like there, he he held the view that obviously they were inferior to you know white people, and they weren't really considered white, even though they came from Western Europe, European countries. Mm-hmm. Granted, in much smaller scales, like there was French Jews, there was in some cases even English Jews, um, and whatnot, and he. Because there was a lot more open anti-Semitism back then, but it wasn't on the scale that he would bring it to. It was more like people, if you knew that someone was Jewish, it was like they would spit at them in the street and call them whatever the slur was back then. Right. And he, he kind of just took the initiative of... I don't like Jews because they're different from me and kind of the biblical allure of anti-Semitism. Right. So it wasn't really all that original. It was he he kind of projected the views that people had at the time that were pretty extremist and pretty prejudiced. Right. Yeah. He yeah. kind of just brought that out into the light. It wasn't, it was really, really suppressed because obviously people didn't have enough care. People didn't have enough hate in their hearts to really do that to the Jewish people, but he obviously did. Yeah. And in this alternate reality where he won the war, um, I feel like he would enslave and, well, he would try to kill, you know, as many Slavic people as he could. And then he would kind of take them all as his slaves and as his prisoners to do his bidding, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. But you you also have to take into account about, you know, what would happen with the Soviet Union and would Stalin allow? So the Soviet Union at that point was not formed in like the mid 40s, I don't think. And so, oh, it was? Well, no, it was. I mean, the Soviet Union was established in the 1920s. It... The thing about that is that eventually the war between the Russians and the Germans would come to a stalemate. And, oh, yeah. and, they, and the Russians would retreat across the Ural Mountains, actually giving the Germans a fair portion of their population mass, which is concentrated more on the western part of their country. And uh, in Siberia. Yeah. And so they would kind of retreat back into Siberia, whereas Hitler would now have, you know, everything he needed, you know, as far as population goes with Russia, he would have most of their population. So I think that's interesting. And then he would take over, you know, Yugoslavia and Ukraine and these other places, which are, you know, tied to the Soviet Union, but that with the German war machine is as you know large as it is, there's no, there's just, there wasn't, there's not a way that the Russians would have, um, you know, defeated him in that sense. I would well, say. I do believe it wouldn't really be defeat on either side. I think that as like the battle of Stalingrad kind of proved about like the no step back order and you will defend your home no matter what. I do believe that it would have come to a stalemate and had the, you know, you know, the English not been involved on the Western front and there was more focus on the Eastern front, I do believe that with the will of the Russian people and their patriotism for their homeland, I do believe that Hitler wouldn't be able to actually take Russia. 
No, no, he wouldn't be able to take Russia, but he would be able to take a portion of it. Up to He'd be able to take a portion of it, but not... He would be able to take up to the Ural Mountains, I think, and that would kind of be... Possibly. Yeah. But I do believe there would sort of be, as it came to be later on, this sort of iron curtain where, Mm -hmm. you know, you have your land, I have mine, we don't bother each other, this and that. And Stalin obviously has access to Eastern Europe and whatnot. Yeah, I think that's what would happen is that there would just have to be a stalemate, you know, between the two. Yep. Something also that I think that Hitler would love to do, um, would he would, following, you know, his kind of conquest of Europe, his elimination of the natives there and his installation of the Aryans as kind of the masters of the land, then he would set up new kind of new governments in each of these new states so to speak well like you would have a, a german leader appointed by hitler in a polish or a slavic state you know he conquered or even in italy yeah, it would be very much like governors like how the colonials did back in the mm-hmm. 1700s they would have you know like kind of almost like lieutenant type you know leaders of these countries and then they would all obviously report back to Hitler mm-hmm. and you know in this empire and whatnot but it's it's really baffling to think that at one point this could have been actually realized if yeah. the English defense had failed and they took over England the it, monarchy would have fled to Canada Oh, for sure. I do believe that they would, uh, yeah, because yeah, obviously it's to protect queen and country. And but the problem is with that that now the Germans have the Germans are occupying the entirety of the UK, and it would kind of that what they what I think that they would do, which I don't think is too far off, is they would kind of create like puppet fascist governments in England, France, and Spain and italy and they would have these fascist you know puppet governments um ruled by you know supposedly the people when in actuality it's controlled by a puppet master a german puppet master um Uh, kind of governs all these countries to hitler's um, yeah i mean i i can see where that i mean kind of creating the illusion of a unified front I don't think Hitler's ego would have projected that. I do believe that he would outright say this is now German land. Yeah. And it was mostly to project it onto the Americans because Hitler knew that America was a very strong fighting force. Yeah. I mean, he's incredibly aggro towards America and and toward all all Western thinking. And I think what would happen in this new German society is that you know, after decades of, and a new generation of people who are raised in schools that taught, you know, racial, like racial divides between Aryans and Slavs, and who had, you know, been teaching like oh, anti-Christian, because I have a lot of, I actually have a lot of notes that might be interesting to get into. So the Russian, the German school system would teach that Slavs are inferior, and um, that, the German colonial masters, you know, kind of are ruling these lands and this is their rightful land. Um, and besides that, I have some more notes on 
the schooling system and how they would kind of raise their raise the driven. Yeah. I have to find it, but um, let's see. So the basic idea of a Nazi empire um, was to create a race of people who are loyal to only their government and will be obedient in contributing militarily and technologically to advance the German race. To Hitler, any idea that took away attention away from the state, i.e. religion and such, was an enemy of the state. So what he actually did was, so he grew up Catholic, Hitler grew up Catholic, and he grew to hate the church when he became an adult because his, and his views perfectly aligned with Nazism and the Christianity and other religions were just an enemy to the state. And so the Nazis despised any type of non-governmental influence on their people. And yep. during and after the war, what would happen is Hitler would close religious institutions and execute their leaders. And in the eyes, and in Hitler's eyes, um, the ideas of the church were undermining the progress of the German people. He even made those who were religious slaves. And he believed that religion made Europeans too weak-minded and merciful, assuming all their decades of propaganda and such, and weeding out the church whenever they found it worked, kind of. They, yeah. So well, he would create what he would create in the end. His end product would be a race of non-Christian German loyalists to the state and people who would not question anything that anyone said. And as time grew on, kind of the myth and the lore of Hitler, you know, would kind of be like George Washington to us, you know, and yeah. we would see him as this, you know, man on the high horse and we would worship him. And then as the generations go on, you just become more and more attached to that, you know, well, that, that ideology. It's very much brainwashing and taking yeah. away the, the right to think and, you know, your, your free will, essentially. And it, it was kind of crazy how they tried to eliminate religion outright. And they, even at one point, I know Heinrich Himmler, his second in command, was essentially trying to create a Nazi Bible. No, no to connect Christ to... Nazi. Secretly, secretly, some of these guys were actually religious. Some of these Nazi leaders, but outright. Oh yeah, no, like these guys had suppressed secrets. Like some of them were Jewish, some of them were gay, some of them were, yeah, you know, and they kind of had to hide that because otherwise they'd be thrown into a concentration camp. Yeah, and yeah. And it's it's kind of crazy to think that. In this day and age, there would in Europe, if the Nazis had taken over, there would be no like religion would not be allowed, even Christianity, yeah. even Catholicism. No. He actually made a deal with the Pope, saying that I won't, I won't touch, you know, any Catholic institutions, you know, in Italy and around there. But eventually what would happen is if Hitler won, is he would want to conquer that northern part of Italy, yep. you know, and take out Mussolini, take out all their um, all their religious institutes, like storm the Vatican, you know, and yep. just I feel like the rest of it of Italy would kind of dissolve after that. Oh, for sure. I mean, I Italy is built around the Catholic faith and whatnot. So, you know, you take out the Pope, you take out that i mean essentially it all kind of just falls apart and it 
Yeah, I mean, it's... Nazis right, are... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's... Yeah. You look up to, I mean, that's what every dictatorship is. Because you take the word of Adolf Hitler and make it law. Yeah. And as yeah. the decades go on, people, you know, assume that nothing's wrong with that. You know? Yeah, I mean, people just adapt to it and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah. it's crazy to think that they try to essentially make their own religion. I mean... Yeah. Do they... Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, the Nazis did a bunch of crazy bullshit. They, you know, like the Indiana Jones movies, those obviously they never actually found anything, but those were like real excavations. Like, yeah, they tried to look for the Holy Grail. They tried to look for the Ark of the Covenant to gain worldwide dominance. And yeah. Help them dominate. So, so how do you... How do you think that America... So eventually, when Hitler was kind of done taking over Europe and he kind of gone as far as he could, what do you think he would do to America? Because obviously he saw America as the next target, you know, because that's kind of what the Americans were to him. Yeah, I... What do you think would happen with that? How would I that do believe out? there would be like a holdout. I, I do believe that with probably the fleeing refugees and what was left of each military that came to America, because that'd be the last stand essentially besides Central and South America and Canada. Um, I do believe that there would be fighting, but they would hold out and there would sort of be this like, okay, you kind of like what would happen, what happened with the, um, Germans and the Russians is I you have your land, I have mine. You don't attack me, I don't attack you, sort of deal. Right. And obviously, with it being quite isolated from both Asia and uh, Europe, I do believe that would have a lot to factor in. Right. But I think that, you know, since Hitler hated all Western teachings, essentially, and he, he, actively tried or would try to throw them out you know as he was raising this new generation of um of uh germans and that would be his main teaching would be anti everything western anti-religion you know anti-western culture anti-american and yeah i i don't know i think um because they have u-boats you know that have been documented in like off the Outer Banks in North Carolina and down through even Florida, you know, in the Florida Straits, like they have U-boats and in the Caribbean and such in the Gulf of Mexico, they've sunk, you know, all up and down the East coast. And so Hitler was trying, he was, he was kind of spying on us at that point, but I think if he won the war, um, he would definitely be cocky enough to make a little bit of damage, at least on some, something. That's kind of a degree about yeah because he hated America, but yeah, you know, interestingly enough, he was also anti-communism. No, I mean, yeah, he was. That's why he betrayed Stalin. Yeah, but he set up an authoritarian state in his own country, which was yeah. But yeah, but he did not believe that everything should be shared by the people equally. Which, granted, Stalin didn't really achieve that but the ideas of communism and socialism 
Yeah. Is that everyone was on the same economic level and everyone had a raised way of life. And speaking, it, uh, speaking of communism, let's focus, um, let's kind of go to Japan now and okay. let's um, focus on what they might do. So I have a couple of things. Um, so by the end of World War II, Japan had a territory spanning from the Arctic to just past the equator. You know, most of South Asia and the Pacific Islands were under Japanese rule. And Japan had a huge military and a diehard fan base, so to speak. But um, their culture was the collaborative effort of world domination and the Japanese empire, you know, is meant to, you know, rule the world. That was their eventual goal. And in their culture, you were seen as a non-nationalist if you were, and if you basically didn't have any ideas that other people liked, you'd be assassinated pretty quickly. And being a person of military prominence in Japan meant that like proving yourself to your country, often by invading other countries to prove a point. And, but by doing that, then your government kind of was expected to follow through. Yeah, their culture of like honor and suicide was seen as an act of generosity toward their country and their nation's interest. But even with all this, like the Japanese were fighting a losing battle because they misunderestimated the power of the American war machine and the American economy and willingness to fight a war because America was supplying Japan with 90% of their oil and their rubber at this point. So kind of the Americans at, at some point they would have just starved the Japanese out, you know, even if they thought the atom bomb was a terrible idea and whatnot, their empire would fall really quickly because they wouldn't have any oil or any rubber to build their stuff and fuel their planes and ships. And so, um, but I think in the unlikely event that Japan did somehow find a way to defeat America at Midway, which was the turning point of the war, that was the part of the war that was kind of like that's that was the turning point if they had captured that what would happen is that they would create a new stronghold on there and then from there they would attack hawaii and once they had hawaii then they would can they wouldn't so they wouldn't i don't think they would necessarily attack the um california directly because america's military might has been pushed back to california at this point so they don't have anybody from the Hawaiian Islands to California. Yep. And so I think what might happen is the Japanese would, because at this point, actually, I think it was Peru had someone of Japanese descent in power, like as their leader. Yep. So they might go to South America first or Central America, maybe post up in Mexico and you know, have a, create kind of a military stronghold there in one of these countries that wouldn't really be too hard to conquer. And then they would launch attacks. You know, they would kind of throw, you know, everything they had at mainland U.S. wherever they could. And, but I feel like, you know, even if they had all the oil and all the, all the supplies they need, you know, raw materials was kind of hard to come by for Japan. Um, well, they relied on exports exactly. or imports to yeah. survive, essentially. Yeah, they, I think that's what would happen with Japan if they won, is that they would just post up in Central America and try to launch attacks from there, which, you know, would have 
they would probably be eliminated at some point by the Americans who had way more, you know, resources and power than, you know, the Japanese could ever hope to have given their thing. Oh, I mean, they, I feel like it would mostly just be a beratement and, you know, attempted takes, attempted takeovers of America by the Axis powers. Yeah, I think Germany would be involved too. Oh, for sure. I mean, they might go up to Canada and try to come down and invade through there. And a kind of collaborative effort. It would be a collective effort. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's it's really crazy though to think about just how how different history would be if this didn't happen. Absolutely. Or if this did happen. Yeah. I actually have a bullet list of um, kind of the evolution of Hitler's takeover and the result of that. Okay. Um, so it's, it's a little bit in detail, but I found it really interesting. So now that you have given your kind of view on that, yeah, I'm, go, I'm going to give mine. Your, uh, your view. So the Hitler takeover of Europe. So initially, I think the opposition would occur, but eventually it would be silenced. Um, and Hitler would take over Britain, Britain and force them to surrender. Uh, the Third Reich would solidify, once it solidified its occupancy and secure its borders and resources, any outside invasion would be kind of in vain. And after years of having control over Europe and its trade routes, um, the people, any opposition that still might be there would be starved out, essentially. Oh, any resistance or yeah, anything would, like that. Yeah. And eventually the war between the Germans and the Russians would drive to a stalemate and the Russians would retreat across the Ural Mountains, therefore pushing the borders of, um, of Russia deeper into Siberia and the Germans would gain control of the majority of their population. Now, the way that Hitler thought society should work kind of in a Nazi controlled um, area was to throw away Western teachings, toss the ideas of the French Revolution, the Enlightenment and Christianity out the door. The center view of, the, of Hitler's idea of society was to spread the Aryan race. That was number one. If Nazi Germany had won the war, they would recognize, your, they would reorganize Europe um, by racial class. Aryan first, um, they're pure ethnic Germans who had the highest status among the new order. Next would be Western Europeans, followed by, um, followed by the Mediterraneans and people of Southern Europe. Um, and at the bottom were what people call, what Hitler called untermidge. And these people were the Slavs, the Jews, the communists, and the gays, you know, uh, he hated them. And so they're at the bottom of the totem pole. They were, yeah, they were considered yeah. inferior and whatnot. And after years of control, um, of countries like Poland and Russia, um, and the Eastern Slavs, they would cease to exist. Kind of the countries would cease to exist. Yep. And to add to that, the Slavic people would face a massive genocide, um, even worse than the Holocaust. Apparently, uh, he was a fan of the early American settlers, as I said, and he wanted to do the same thing to Europe. Following that, new governments would be set up in the Polish and Russian states um, with German leaders appointed by Hitler. Uh, there would be a resistance. Um, the Slavs would lose their rights and eventually whole towns would be burned. 
you know, and along with Jews in concentration camps, likely Slavs would be there as well. Some now, of Slavs, them were, I mean, yeah, yeah, some of them were on a very much smaller scale than the Jews, but yeah, there were Slavic people that were put into concentration camps. Right. And so the Slavs would become slaves. Yep. And the German, they would basically fuel the German war machine because they're a massive labor force. Um, after some policies similar to what Stalin did in Russia, they would eventually start starving out people and whole populations, killing like 50 million. Yep. The whole master plan with all that is to clear out the natives and begin colonization of those lands um, by Germany with, quote, <clears throat> pure Russian, I mean, pure German Aryans would yep. go in there. Would and the occupying force. Yeah. The histories of all and all their cultures would be destroyed. Erased. Essentially. German school systems would teach the inferiority of Slavs, creating a racial divide. Um, the fertile soil of the Ukrainian colonies would be used as a breadbasket, feeding the German population. If successful, Nazi Germany would redefine the demographics of Europe entirely. In a few decades, most of the people in Europe would be of German descent. Surprise, surprise. Now, the new order um, kind of meant a redefinition of what it meant to be European. Obviously, they would, would just mean now to be um you know, German. And uh, Germany would be kind of the puppet master of other fascist nations such as Italy, Britain, and France. Um, Hitler was, he had racist, anti-Semitic views that would determine Germany's relationship with other European nations, favoring more Aryan ones like Britain and France over Mediterranean countries like Spain and Italy. Um, after the installation of these fascist governments, um, Britain would become the right-hand man to Nazi Germany simply for the sake of stability. Hitler would tolerate the Southern Europeans as just a part of what he thought was a more perfect system. In the following decades, this would create a culture clash between North and South and eventually end up in war. And the, um, so past all this other religion stuff I had written down, um, so a decade or so after the initial takeover, assuming all went well with the Germans, um, they could have a standard of living um, that would kind of provide economic stability and a high standard of living, which the European nations um, governed by these fascist rulers would come to embrace. And people would be like, okay, this isn't so bad, you know? And any political opposition, of course, would be taken care of, kind of like what you see in Russia. Um, and the Germans and Italians would become very strained and eventually, eventually I believe that Hitler would be fed up with Mussolini and he would take over the northern part of Italy, leaving the southern part to kind of devolve, you know, and the Italians at this point, um, I just lost my place. Basically, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, kind of what would happen. Um, that's, I believe that's my bullet list of quick things. Oh, what happened? Yeah. That's a solid, very, very solid uh, analysis. <laughs> analysis, yeah. I mean, it, it sounds more like, you know, he would be subtle about it where he wouldn't outright say that they were in control, but 
kind of behind the scenes and no, I, I get what you, what you mean. Yeah. So. I think, um, yeah, that's just what I think would happen, you know, as far as because there's a lot that um, he could have done, but he did, I, I feel like he would do it more subtly to kind of give um, the people less of an idea of what he was doing. Well, yeah, because I mean, even in Germany, you know, very, very few people knew about the Holocaust and yeah, whatnot. I mean, people knew, but I don't think it was all that common knowledge considering the cover-ups. Yeah. There were other people that just didn't care. Some people were like, okay, yeah, they're all going to be exterminated. We don't... We don't care. Yeah, we're we don't Aryans. Care. <laughs> yeah. We're superior and whatnot. But... Yeah. Good analysis, man. I... Oh, thanks. Very, very educated. I, I really, really, I really dig it. Yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun, you know, doing research on this kind of stuff. And I it is really that. fascinating what you can find out from just a simple Google search. Oh, absolutely. And it's really, really hardcore what their plans were and just what they, what they. It's fascinating. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Gotta plug in my computer before it dies. Because, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Dango. All right. Cool. Does that just about cover it? I would say so. I mean. All right. I'm I'm sure we could go on for. Yeah, there's a lot of um interesting four hours kind of. Days what ifs would happen, you know, alternate history kind of thing. Yeah, and, and we definitely are going to do more history episodes. Obviously, we're going to try and keep it to about one a month to keep it fresh, but... Thank you. Yeah, and then yeah. Keep, it, keep it going. Yeah. But, yeah. Have, um, next week, we have Gabe coming on. Yeah, that'll be, that'll yeah. be interesting. Our buddy Gabe is going to join. We don't know what we're going to talk about yet, but we'll see. I'll reach out to him later. We should, we, I'm telling you, man, we should definitely do conspiracies. Yeah, I honestly, I'd have to take a back seat on that one and let you go off on that because I have no idea, you know. I mean, I, I understand like some of the, some of the like basic ones like Pizzagate and all that. It's, I mean, they're all stupid, of course. Well, that's what I'm saying, man, is like we don't have to take it all that serious. Like, yeah. we can just, I think you have more knowledge in that field than I might. Not really. I mean, I mostly just want to make fun of conspiracies like oh, for Bigfoot, sure, but aliens, Epstein, so it's a Bigfoot. Bigfoot is real. Let's just get that out of the way real quick. He's not a conspiracy. We got solid proof. <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm saying. Okay, man. I... On the other hand, not so much. Wait, what else? Like Pizzagate. I never heard of that one. So basically what happened was these people, there's this um, pizza shop in DC or somewhere. Oh, the sex trafficking. Yeah. Yeah, So dumb. Like, I mean, who in their right mind would even think of that in the first place? A pizza joint. Yeah. Sex trafficking. That definitely, you know, that's that's like, then someone Um, like, thought hillary clinton ran it for a while and then they shot it up oh dumb and the, the whole thing about the deep state too like that's just the dumbest thing i ever heard i mean seriously like who actually 
And you got to be more gullible than me to believe it. <laughs> so I'm saying it. Yeah, I mean, it's... We're all ridiculous. Still, I mean... Use your rational mind. <laughs> yeah. They're... Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy to think what people will come up with. And, it's so... Uh, I mean, there's some people that believe in the lizard people. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, to be fair, is a lizard person. Yeah, That's he can... That's fact. <laughs> That's just like his skin. Or I mean, look at him. He's like, a, he's like a lizard. Have you ever seen him with a different haircut? No. No, it's a wig. <laughs> he's got scales on, on his uh, on his head. I mean, yeah, like, uh huh. <laughs> Obviously, taking all of this as a joke, but yeah, yeah. like the whole world's controlled by the Illuminati. It's so dumb. Which apparently there is some factual basis to that. Oh, really? And supposedly there is like a organization that controls the output of the world. I don't know that much about it, and I'm not going to go into it because if it is true, I don't want to be hunted down and kidnapped. For yeah. Speaking out against this. Yeah. Order or society, so. Yeah, that would be kind of. I wild. think we'll just stick to like Bigfoot and aliens. Yeah, for sure. Oh, the Bigfoot. Okay, I think those are two different things, though, because conspiracies and Bigfoot and aliens. Bigfoot and aliens. Nobody is conspiring, you know. There, there's no conspiracy. Well, it's more of a a mystery. You know? Okay, mystery, mysteries and conspiracies. We can call it that. Then, I, I guess. But I mean, if you're gonna go into mysteries and stuff. I feel like that could be an entire episode, you know, like Bigfoot. I could go over all the evidence that we have for Bigfoot. I'm not so sure about aliens, but it's looking more promising every day. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to to see the lore behind, you know, some of these, these different cultures around the world all seeing the same thing, you know, in the same way. Well, I think with some people think... Yeah, some people think that Bigfoot and aliens are actually connected. Like they have a supernatural aura about them, which I don't I don't buy that. No, like the but there's a cult of Bigfoot that worship the aliens, nah man. No, but it's like it's really weird because apparently people will see some people claim to see a Bigfoot and then right after see like a UFO or see like a green flash of light. And like the Bigfoot's there and then it's gone, which always happens, but it's really interesting. Well, maybe stuff. Bigfoot just likes a good light show. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's honestly the, um, the whole thing about Bigfoot is really fascinating. I think that would be a really fun episode to do like soon. So I would probably just have you talk the entire time because I know nothing about it. I He's mean, I make fun of it. I He's make fun of it. What? Do some research, man. Like, find find some things. Yeah, I mean... I think if we're going to both cover a subject, we've got to both be prepared. Yeah, I mean, I watch a lot of Travel Channel, and I've seen Hunting Bigfoot and all that, so... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if we're going to do something like that, like we did this episode, we should both do some research. Get a lot of research. some notes, and do that. I think that'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Just like I could go on a two-hour rant about the environment. 
Yeah, you can go on a three-hour rant about Bigfoot. I really could. <laughs> but you're gonna you're gonna have to participate in that one. Yeah, that'll be that'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of interesting stuff out there for us to explore. You know, yeah. like the mystery stuff is even more fascinating to me. You know. That's the whole reason we created this podcast was to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, deep but uplifting conversation, you know. Obviously, we want to help you guys out with life stuff and with, you know, our kind of view on the world, you know, as a whole. But that includes, you know, our opinions and stuff, especially on, like, mysteries and stuff. You know, there's a lot out there. And there's a lot of cool things, you know, you can find out that would be fun to research, so cool yeah it'll be something to behold for sure all right do you want to get into our mini of the week yeah we'll get into the media so this week we did a song by the ever so alluring Joni Mitchell Mm -hmm. she was a prominent folk singer in the 70s and we are doing a song by her called Coyote. So, yeah. Go for here, it. You What's wanna, your analysis? So let me I listen to it last night. Um, but let me pull up the lyrics so I can definitely get it, like a visual. It has some it has some good lyrics in it. You know, they really tell a story. Oh, for sure. I mean it's it's kind of, it feels like there are two people and they're, I feel like they're growing apart in the very first couple lines of the song. Well, it's definitely a love story. It's, it's yeah. a very strange love story, if you really look at oh, it. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's, you know, like we come from such different sets of circumstances. I'm up all night in the studios and you're up early on your ranch. It's definitely painting a picture of two different lives, two very different lives and two very different, I wouldn't say upbringings, but definitely ways of life, very life. different lifestyles. And, yeah. You know, obviously, she's kind of describing this like cowboy esque rancher while she's a studio mus- musician and mm-hmm. whatnot. But it's, it's interesting how she kind of describes the intimacy between them and how she has a striving for that intimacy, but you know, it, it ultimately won't work out due to his nature and ultimately his lifestyle. That's true. But I, I feel like that's true with, you know, with real life as well. Like there's a lot of times where you might, you know, meet someone and you think, oh, they're really cool, but they're so different. And although people say, you know, Opposites attract, but then they react. That's what I like to say. They, yeah, I mean, that, that actually is pretty smart. It, because think about it. I mean, if you have two different people coming from t- completely two different, you know, ways of life and everything, I mean, take the show 90 Day Fiance. That's exactly that. <laughs> people, two completely different lifestyles, it never works out. It never. Because the differences are so fundamental that there's no getting around them. And there's no making them work. Like if you're a rancher and a studio musician, your ranchers, they're in bed at like nine o'clock and they're up at like 
you know, four or five in the morning, whereas, you know, a studio artist might wake up at 10, go to work until, you know, like midnight or one o'clock in the morning, they're up late doing stuff. Lifestyles are so different. They're incompatible. Opposites might might attract, but then they react. Then they react. But I do believe like, you know, as you go on with the song, it's, you know, they, you know, she says, and we're dancing close and slow. Now he's got a woman at home and he's got another woman down the hall. He seems to want me anyway. Why'd you have to get so drunk and leave me on that way? It's describing the other side of the coyote, which is the rancher, and how he essentially, you know, kind of, you know, as she says, leads her on and, you know, plays up the picture of oh i want you i want this and this with you yeah you but should never he's leave married and he does have another affair going on while right. he's still with this woman and it's it, it just shows how you know again it just it goes into a really good description of how he or how she describes him and how she really sees him after all this comes out yeah, it's two different people because, I mean, if you're lying to someone about, you know, cheating on them, for instance. But I feel like if you're in a relationship where, you know, you do have opposite tracks sort of deal, at some point, you know, they're going to react. But in that moment that you are together, you're, you feel like you're missing something because this person that you're with is not, doesn't fit your lifestyle, doesn't. You know, there's just a part about them that isn't quite right. It isn't. And it, yeah. it makes you want to, it makes you want to expand more. And it makes you want to find someone who is truly, you know, for you. If you're not blinded by love, of course, which is a dangerous thing. But I think that, of course, you should never cheat on someone. You should just realize, you should take a step back and realize, look, we're two different people living two different lifestyles. I have to go find go find someone who's going to fit my lifestyle because you don't anymore to avoid the whole, to avoid kind of the, 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 the premise of this song, I, I feel. Well, yeah, but I also believe that these, these two people in the song are very much looking at the negatives and not really the positives because obviously no positives are really shown through their perspectives, but I do believe these are two very pessimistic people that don't really want to try for anything and just kind of want to take the easy way out. I, you know, as it kind of goes on, you know, it's, you know, like it says, like coyotes in the coffee shop, he's staring at a hole in his scrambled eggs. He's picked up my scent on his fingers while he's watching the waitress's legs. And this kind of shows how, and I think this is a very smart line because it shows that, you know, he's in the coffee shop, which is often associated with more of not urban kind of town, but more with, with with urban living. And I think it kind of shows that he is attempting to become compatible, but you know, obviously, you know, with his fingers while watching the waitress's legs. Yeah. He's kind of falling back into his old ways. What what I think I what I think I got from that is that he's trying to be compatible for her, but 
he's also realizing as he's sitting at the coffee shop, looking at the waitress's legs, that he's not compatible with her because his, you shouldn't, I, first of all, you shouldn't change who you are for someone else. And obviously this guy is trying to change to be someone else for this girl, which should never happen. And so he's well, looking at the waitress's legs thinking, you know, maybe, it sounds like he's not... maybe it's subconscious that he's thinking, oh, I shouldn't, you know, maybe this isn't what I really want, you know? Well, I do believe that when someone changes you, it can be for the better. And it sounds like he... But that's his way really... of That's his livelihood. That's how, that's who he is as a rancher. Oh, yeah, but I don't believe she's trying to change him as a rancher. I believe she's trying to fix the cheating part, which I think most oh, people yeah. would agree. Yeah, I you would think have if to you cheat once, If you cheat once, you're, good, you're bound to cheat again, and then you're just going to cheat again, which is going to drag you down a path of never, you know, fixing that. And I think it's over at that point. Like, if yeah, someone's going to cheat on you once, they will do it again. Yeah, and she, you know, and obviously the woman in the song very much wants to change that aspect because as mentioned earlier he has a woman at home presumably his wife right you know and he obviously has i'm guessing what is a hotel yeah he has another affair going on along with her and i do believe that she tries to kind of wrestle wrestle with his you know way of like the negative aspects and trying to better him but it's you know his willingness to change is not there the problem so the 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 overarching problem with someone like that is that they will not change someone who does that now will always have it in them and if they do it to you once they're going to do it again and it's just kind of a path and it's it's a it's an attribute of someone that you just don't want to be around, you know, and you might give them chance after chance after chance. But at some point, you got to wisen up that they're, not, they're that's who they are. You know, they're not going to change at this point. You got to just keep a, a, a critical eye on some of this stuff, I believe, because it'll, you know, it'll come back at you and you got to it'll, it'll come back to bite you. And I definitely think that she sees how he can be different and how he can change. But he doesn't see that. He doesn't see that. He just wants to keep on doing what he's doing. Yeah. And if I was her, I would leave him. Well, I mean, it it does kind of show that, you know, it's either he's going to have to stand and fight or take out, out of here. I tried to run away myself to run away and wrestle with my ego. With this flame, you put me here in this Eskimo. And, you know, obviously it, you know, kind of leaves it open-ended in the regard of whether or not she's going to leave and mm-hmm. whatnot. I but, think if she was smart, she would. Yeah. I mean, I think she she wants to see him grow and wants to see him change. But you can't put that much mental stress on yourself for someone who clearly doesn't want to themselves doesn't want that if the person who you want to change is not willing to change they are not going to change well they're not yeah they're not yeah because change starts with the person and if the person's not going to want to at some point she's got to wisen up and realize that that's just not the case well i think she is realizing that towards the end of the song right which is a good thing yeah i mean it's very much about yeah i think the song overall i i like the song 
I like um, I like the lyrics because I think they're actually deep and they have a lot of meaning to them and a yeah, lot of meaning. And, yeah. and it's um, what I've what I've found is that you know there's a lot of um, imagery with regards to you know this coyote. He's kind of running. I think in my I think that he's the coyote. He I mean he is yeah. yeah. He's running around. He's the one, you know, causing trouble. Um, and you have to kind of look at the, um, actually, no, that never mind. I, I kind of went on a completely different thought process. Like, he's a coyote. Maybe he runs with the pack. Whoa. I don't yeah, know what that would mean. But no, I think he's more of like the, you know, he runs, he's wild. You can't mm-hmm. really tame him. He's a creature, essentially, of habit. And, will always continue with that yeah so. with someone with someone like that you know you just gotta say look i ain't gonna deal with that no matter how you know enticing they might be no matter how attractive they might be to you in whatever ways it's just not worth it yeah because i think because you'll have your heart broken over and over again well, yeah, with cheating, and that's the thing is I don't think people realize because obviously it's portrayed in movies and TV and even in songs. But and I and I've you know and I've personally never experienced this, but people really take out of context just how trust breaking cheating can be. Oh, dude, it's it it ruins you know. It ru- I mean, it ruins people. And yeah, it's, they will never trust again. Exactly. Yeah, and that creates this barrier between that person and other people and it's you know the song definitely deepens the understanding that this person's tolerance is very very high for cheating which is bad it's, it's bad <laughs> it's, them. It's, just, it's a self you know hurting thing, thing. and you're you're never going to find happiness if you're with that person exactly. who's cheating on you over and over and over and it's really is heartbreaking to think that some people are in that. yeah and it's true and the people who are in it, you know, they might realize it, but they might think, oh, I'll give him another chance. You know, maybe he'll change. No, that's not, no, it just doesn't happen that way because, no, because they, they are coyotes. They're wild. They're wild. Yeah. They're, and there's a big difference between, you know, people make the argument like, oh, okay, this person's going to change. Like, you know, maybe that person, maybe like, take for example, someone has like a bad spitting habit or like cursing or something like yeah. that and that obviously yeah that old habits would, die hard yeah all the habits die hard but there's a difference between that and then betraying someone's trust and trust is the number one thing you got to have in any relationship and if, you don't, have that, or and if you don't have that you literally don't there, there's nothing else there there's no you. there's no point to it all. Yeah. and you know, I mean, but yeah, what is the point of a relationship with no trust? What happens, you know, if you have the anxiety of not being able to trust your partner? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. To a certain extent, if I can be completely open and honest, I felt that, you know, I was in a bad relationship for two years. You know, it was controlling. You know, she wouldn't let me be who I was and be who I wanted to be. You know, she was bringing me down and she broke a lot of trust with me a lot of times, but I forgave her too many times and that was my fault because i should have seen that hey if she does this once she's going to do it again i should have saved myself a lot of you know emotional 
stress and hurt and a lot of, you know, mental anxiety and just gotten out earlier, but I didn't see that because I was just trying to make it work. But my, you know, my point is that you gotta look at yourself and you gotta realize that if you're not happy, you, well, first of all, you gotta realize you're not happy and then you gotta do something about it, you know? And you, if you're with someone who's gonna be as toxic enough, for instance, in this song to cheat on you or to break your trust in whatever way, you gotta realize it. And it's hard to realize but you just have to look at things critically. And that's what I've learned is that you just have to be critical about everything because if you're not, it's going to hurt you in the long run. You got to make sure. You got to make sure. I mean, it's, you know, and it's, you can, and I do believe that aside from cheating, you can come back from anything. And I do believe that with any strain that person can learn to grow and yeah, it's as long as it's all about the patience direction. people and whatnot. And it's, you know, everyone's different. But yeah, man, but I I see it. I mean, I the way I've always seen it is, you know, you poke the bear one too many times and eventually they're gonna yeah. slap you back. They're gonna burn you back. And you know, mm-hmm. it's it's not you know, it's not a fun feeling. And then, you know, and that just, you know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah, just, for sure. Yeah. But anyway, man, but that was, that was a good analysis. So yeah, that was a good analysis for sure. That was I feel a, like we went deep on that. It was, was I mean, good. yeah, that was, that was definitely a song with a yeah. lot of, uh, I have a lot, lot of deep, yeah. deep diving potential. Yeah. I have a lot of skepticism when it comes to relationships and stuff, just because I know how bad they can go from experience if you're not with the right person and it's interesting because Andy and I both have had two very different experiences mine bad his good yeah I I don't it plays a lot into how we see things when it comes to stuff like this you know these kind of songs yeah I mean it's just yeah I mean it's you know I I don't want to go too into it because you know it is right on yeah my own personal business like I just I don't yeah feel comfortable with real not well yeah just putting myself out there and whatnot and other Mm -hmm. people but yeah i mean it's all about perspective it's all about how you go about the situation how you plan to move forward and whatnot i mean it's yeah it's it's all about how it's all about look looking at things from a different angle i guess for sure or how your angle or whatever definitely it's interesting you look at things from different angles too, you know, but you really only are forced to do that when you have an experience that forces you to do that. Oh, for sure. That kind of brings you to do that in any situation. But yeah, that was a good analysis. Very deep. Yeah. Hopefully uplifting. That was, that was good. Um, nice. So let's see. Let's do quote dude moment. So... Our quote of the week comes from me going on a walk and I just, things like this come to me every once in a while. And I was lucky enough to have this come to me. And that is um, the quote goes as such a life without purpose is a life without meaning. Find your purpose, find your meaning. I like that. I remember you told me that uh, a couple of days ago and it had me thinking about you know, how those two kind of connect and how, you know, if you find one, you can find the other. It's, 
you know, meaning and purpose. I mean, both can mean the same things, but they can also mean very different things. Yeah. I feel like if you find something you like to do, then you found a purpose. And then doing that thing that you found to do becomes your meaning. Meaning. And, you know, your meaning in life. And, you know, sometimes if, you know, you don't find your purpose, then you also find that you have no meaning in life. And it's all about your confidence in that to really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's, it's interesting good. to think about how much those two kind of coincide with each other. And just sure. how, if you find no meaning, then, you know. Yeah. I think what I was thinking about um, when I came up with it is I was thinking about how in life, um, if you don't have a purpose, you know, if you don't have a mission, for me, I need a mission every day. I need something to get me up and something to keep me going. You know, that's yeah. my purpose. That's my mission. And for me, um, these past couple months, my purpose has been, you know, finding a college that, you know, has everything I want and has a program I want, you know, and finding a way to make it work financially, of course. And that was my purpose, you know, and that was my meaning for a long time. And then I found it and then I found a way to make it work because I worked really hard to get to that point. Um, and that was my purpose. And that was my meaning for a while. And obviously it changes, you know, whenever day to day can change day to day. Like, when I'm doing a job, that's my purpose. That's my meaning, you know, to do the best job I can on this particular project or to, you know, advance my skill at something. Or if I'm building a garden for someone, you know, my purpose yeah. is, is to build a garden and that's my meaning, you know, but I feel overarchingly in life. Um, it's about finding stuff that for finding something that you feel like this is what you're meant to do. This is your purpose in life, and that's your meaning. And that's then you'll be a happier person overall once you find that. Yeah, I mean, every human being is, you know, kind of strives for that. I think depending on, you know, how much effort you put in and how, how willing you are to kind of grow as a person. Yeah, it's, it's all about how you... Yeah. Kind of how you your willingness in this. It's all about what you really want in life. And if yeah. you're filled and not like you wasted yourself for mm -hmm. 50 years. Or like you don't know what you're doing with your life. Exactly. Try to avoid that. Yeah. And it's, you know, you know I think everyone's going to go through that at some point about oh, you know, yeah. you're kind of floating. You're not really doing a whole lot. and You just feel like yeah. a waste of space. And, uh, so. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, good. Good quote. Yeah. Good analysis. Hi, Andy. Who is your dude of the week? So my dude of the week. This is going to sound really childish and probably unsurprising, but whoever came up with the Bernie Sanders meme has made. <laughs> yes, I've seen it everywhere, and it doesn't get old. No, it doesn't. The fact that you can put him anywhere, and it just makes. It's Did you see the one of him and um and Obi Wan Kenobi and Yoda as like ghosts? Yeah, I, I, saw <laughs> I don't know. It was awesome. I thought that was really funny. But... Nice, great dude, man. 
Yeah, I mean, I just, and I'm, I'm gonna keep. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say about it. I just find it hilarious. Oh, it is hilarious. I, I find whoever came up with that, because someone obviously had to think about that. You know. Oh yeah. Photoshopping Bernie onto whatever, and it's just, it's, it's so funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. So, anyway, who, who's your uh, dude of the week? My dude of the week. Um, I think my dude of the week's gonna have to be. LaCroix. You know, there's like sparkling waters because LaCroix is my dude of the week because I have so many flavors, dude. I mean, I can choose from whatever I'm feeling, whenever I'm feeling it. And it just gets me stoked because it's like drinking a soda without any of the guilt. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it feels good because I'm like, hey, it's just water. Just carbonated water. Yeah. Carbonated water. It's like drinking a soda without any of the guilt. It's like the if 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 um if real soda was like catholic soda you know how like catholics have so much guilt yeah i feel like it would be soda was the catholic faith and then you have uh lacroix it's like the um non-denominational yeah exactly (laughs) nominational that's how i see it that's how i see it i think it's hilarious though but yeah lacroix is my day of the week Andy, who is your what is your moment of the week? So my moment of the week happened while I was taking a shower. Nice. And I was just thinking about everything that's happened over the last um, few months and all of like the hardships and you know, both on a countrywide scale and even personal with some people. And I won't be naming names or saying anything, but I realized how important it is for people to know that people are there for them and that people support them. And obviously we don't have the biggest listener base, but I would like to say, you know, right here, right now, that no matter what, no matter what you're going through, no matter who you are, you will always have people in your life that care about you, people that will support you, people that, will take time out of their day to make sure that you're okay. And trust me, you, you will doubt that. There is no doubt that you will doubt that there are people in your life that care about you. But you know, I've experienced that myself and I've experienced you know, a lot of really good people reaching out and making me feel, whether they realize it or not, that I mattered and that I had people that were there for me. And I just realized just how important that really is and how important that is to someone's psyche. And just how much that can change somebody's perspective on something. That's deep, man. I love that. You know, and, and, and again, that, and that goes out for anyone. You, whether you realize it or not, you will always have people in your life that care about you whether indirectly in your life or not you will always have people that care about you and that you're always going to be in people's prayers and you know whatever business elsewhere but yeah but i I think i get the the point across oh yeah that's dude that's excellent that was amazing thanks for sharing yeah i think my moment of the week is gonna pale in comparison to that (laughs) <laughs> um but it was committing to coastal carolina university 
That doesn't pay at all. That's that's a really big deal. Like that's yeah. I was just so stoked, dude. I was just I was on top of the world, man. It's great. I had myself a LaCroix right there. (laughs) Celebrating with LaCroix. Um but yeah, that's that's not that's not paling at all, man. I mean, that's you know that's a really big step in your life and yeah. you're committing to a college that will ultimately decide your. I mean, granted, it's not going to decide everything in your life. But it's going to grant me a lot of opportunities for the way I want to live my life and yeah, what I want to do with my definitely life. Definitely give you a good kick in the ass in the right direction. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so I'm stoked on that, and yeah. It'll be great. I'm I'm really excited. They got single occupancy dorms, dude. Really? Oh yeah. I'm gonna have me a toaster oven and a mini fridge, dude. Oh nice. Set up. And I don't have to have a roommate. You gotta keep it stocked when I come down to visit them. You bet, dude. You bet. Dr. Pepper's for you, Pepsi's for me. Got them for days. I keep keep some uh, coke in the fridge too. Absolutely. Oh. I'm good (laughs) for you, buddy. All right, I appreciate it. (laughs) You can't tell I'm a huge Pepsi fan. I'm anti-Coke, but yeah. Andy will do it. Andy will do. <laughs> exactly. That's my life now. Man. Nice, dude. Yeah. Love it. All right. Is that it? Ooh. Yeah, I think that's that's about it. Um, thank you again to the eight people that listen to this thing. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening and supporting us. Uh, go give our Instagram page to follow the musings of men pretty straightforward and yeah. Tune in for uh, next time. Yep. Yeah. Next week should be fun. We have Gabe. Coming on. We have no idea. Uh, guest, yeah. Yeah. Also, if you have any questions about life, you know, and about if you have any problems that you are going through that you just want some advice on, Email us at all lowercase the musings of men at gmail.com. Do you actually check that? Yeah, occasionally. Okay. We have like nothing there. Nothing there. Fill it up. Fill yeah, it come up. on. You gotta come on now. We're uh, we're gonna run out of idea, run out of ideas sometimes. So you gotta yeah, send us something. topics, you know. Those topics. Give us something you want to hear our opinions about. Absolutely. I will be stoked because I feel like that would add a whole new dimension of um of our podcast if we had listeners write in about what they want to hear us talk about our opinions on something or just questions about life that we can give our advice on i would be stoked that'd be awesome exactly yeah it'll be it'll be really good don't hesitate exactly all right well that seals the deal yeah we will catch you all next week until then stay stoked stay good all right later